Hi, welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. In this podcast, we'll be discussing self-care routines, mindset practices, and mindfulness habits. We'll combat the stigma around mental health in order to create a safe and open community for people to connect and not feel alone. Focus on your mindset rather than your situation. It's a game changer. Grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. I hope you guys are ready to take on this Monday, ready to take on this week. I know I am ready to go, so I'm trying to channel the motivation that I have for this upcoming week to you guys. Let's get ready, set, and go. So if you guys are listening well, working out, driving to work, right? Maybe you're stuck in traffic. If you are, I'm super sorry. If you're walking to work, get them steps in. If you are doing the dishes and cleaning up around the house, keep it going. An organized space equals an organized mind. And you guys, I am so flipping excited to share with you guys this podcast interview collaboration today about emotional intelligence. And before we get to this amazing conversation, if you want to put any of your money towards an amazing cause, two things you can do. Now, you guys know the Growth Mindset Guy, my boyfriend, Nate. October 2nd, 2021, he is doing a 50-mile bike ride called Bike to the Beach where he rides 50 miles across Long Island. And you can donate any amount of money to the Bike to the Beach Foundation. It helps to fund activities for people with special needs and autism. So, the link for that amazing donation, this amazing fundraiser is in the show notes. It's also linked in my Instagram bio, which is at the Growth Mindset Gal. You guys know the TikTok at Growth Mindset Gal and the Twitter is at Mindset Gal if you want to follow me on any social media platforms. Another amazing donation that has been in my show notes for a very long time is helping to donate for kids to have school supplies. It's called Giving Kids a Backpack right? And that means so much. Children are going back to school. There's a lot of craziness and stress for both parents, students, and teachers of going back to basically a third year of school during a pandemic. And it would mean so much to children to have the right amount of school supplies to set them up for success as much as we possibly can. That link is in my bio as well. And if you want to donate towards any of those cause, any amount of money would help in an amazing way. So if you've been kind of sitting around thinking about, hmm, I want to do something proactive with my funds, these two donations would make such an amazing and huge difference. As a little reminder, since today is August 23rd on a Monday, Tomorrow, August 24th, which is a Tuesday, is the last day to enter the 1,000 plays for the podcast giveaway. It is a post on my Instagram, and all the instructions to enter this giveaway 
is on that post. So make sure you go check that out. The winner is going to be chosen at random. And the winner will receive a, a $25 gift card to Starbucks. And the winner will receive that virtual gift card via their email. So once I announce the winner, I'm going to be asking for their email and send you that gift card right away because we all deserve free coffee. We've been working so hard out there, working from home, going back to work, whatever we're doing. We're killing it. And we deserve some free coffee. So thank you guys so, so much for the thousand plays. We are now over, we are at 1.5, okay? So we are far over a thousand plays. And I want to thank you guys so much. You're an amazing community. I'm loving all the feedback that you guys are giving me. I'm glad the content that is being put out to you is helping you guys in any way, shape, or form. Because that's the reason I created this podcast is to share what I'm learning to you guys. So hopefully it could be useful and helpful to you. So that way we're growing our mindsets and we're investing in ourselves. And hopefully from this podcast, you guys have been seeing the change and seeing the growth within yourselves. And I, for one, am so proud of you guys. So speaking of investing in yourselves, Today's episode is about emotional intelligence. And if you're not quite sure what that means yet, be sure to keep listening to the amazing podcast interview I had with Miss Mia Gill. She is from the UK. She is an entrepreneur. Let me tell you, she is such an amazing human being. She's the co-founder of Bossonomics. She's the creator of the Self Mastery Program, and she's a speaker on digital mental health and interventions. She's all about mindset, high performance, and psychology, and she is all about emotional intelligence, and she's going to be teaching us all about what is emotional intelligence and how can it impact our relationships, our career, and ourselves. I'm going to be putting all of her information into the show notes. So please, please, please be sure to follow her after this conversation because I'm sure you will because she is amazing. She reached out to me. We started collaborating with one another and it has been one of the most greatest experiences with collaboration I've had so far. Plus, we have a super exciting announcement for you guys towards the end of the episode. So make sure you listen in and enjoy this episode. Okay. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. I am super excited today because we have a wonderful, amazing guest with us, Mia Gill, and she's going to be having a wonderful conversation and sharing about emotional intelligence, what it is, and how we can build it together to better our mindset. So Mia, thank you for being on here today. I'm super excited to have the conversation with you. Thank you. Hi, guys. (laughs) And do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Yes, so I am a transformational mindset and empowerment coach. I basically just teach women how to step into their high power, become their own mindset coach, and build that bridge between where they are now and where they want to be. So I'm actually launching a self-mastery program as well, so that's how I help people do that. And can you want to tell us a little bit about what you're launching? Because that's so exciting. I love that program. So it's actually a program designed to ensure that people become their own life coach. 
sometimes we're so like boggled down with the whole oh I need to go get a life coach I need this person to hold me accountable but you can't have someone do that for you 24 7 every single hour of the day for the rest of your life and if you've got big dreams and big goals that you want to achieve you're going to have to become your own life coach and it is a skill these coaches are actually certified and they've got different tools and resources so if you can become your own life coach I feel like these women can actually achieve what, whatever it is that they want to achieve and they can actually pave the, the path that they want to live and create that dream lifestyle that they want. So it will be launching within the next month and there, I do one-on-one coaching with that, um, group coaching. There'll be also video content for them. And yeah, I'm just, I, I actually work one-on-one with them and hold them accountable every single step of the way. That's literally amazing. When you were telling me about your program, I'm like, this is the coolest thing <laughs> that I've ever heard. Because a lot of these programs do focus on like women building their own business, which is also super important. But also a lot of women with life coaches, it's not necessarily always about careers, it's just about like their overall well-being. And I think this program that you're creating really hits the nail on the head. And what does it call for people that might be interested in it? So it'll be called the Self Mastery Program. Um, you actually, I have an Instagram handle called the at the Self Mastery Program. So you can find me on Instagram there or um, with this podcast, it'll be at miagill.x. So you can just drop me a DM on there. I do have a website as well called miagill.blog. You can find me on there. So there's loads of ways that you can find me and um, just drop me a message and I can, we, we can drop on like a discovery call and a coaching call and through that I'll be able to see if me and you will work well together which a majority of them I do work very well with and they, they're always saying how excited they are to work with me mm-hmm. so yeah I, I think I think if you do decide to join we'll, we'll get on very well. I agree because as I've been talking with Mia I, we have been <laughs> killing it and having amazing <laughs> And all the information, all the handles that she just put the website, I'm going to put that on the show notes for easy access for people to find you if they are interested. So since we're talking about emotional intelligence, you want to let us know what is emotional intelligence? So I actually, whenever I get asked this question, I really like using Goleman's definition. And for those of you who haven't heard, um, Daniel Goleman, he was the author of the groundbreaking book emotional intelligence why it can matter more than iq and his definition of emotional intelligence is being able to recognize other people's emotions as well as your own so being able to deal with your emotions but also being able to understand the other perspective of them of other people's emotions and being able to sort of like deal with them because there's one thing recognizing someone's emotions and there's one thing actually being able to deal with other people's emotions to get to a better solution for both of you so he does talk about it a lot in terms of careers so again like when people are thinking of emotional intelligence everyone's thinking well I certainly think corporate companies CEOs boss women and business women and I feel like it's sort of lacking in the space of your average everyday girl just women who are into personal development self-development I feel like emotional intelligence lacks in that sort of space which is what me and Ali are trying to bring in to the group so I feel like emotional intelligence can actually serve us more 
than IQ. And I know, I know that you you definitely agree with me on this point. <laughs> you have convinced me, trust me. I, <laughs> and yeah, I couldn't it's agree. Because, I couldn't agree more with you. Go ahead. No, it's because you know how we are. We're social beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah, we are multifaceted beings as well. And one of the biggest things that make us human are forming healthy social interactions and it's actually scientifically proven that the more healthier interactions that we form with with other people the more higher emotional and mental our well-being is and for us to not be lonely depressed and have more of that emotional and mental understanding of ourselves we need to be able to create really good relationships with other people but it doesn't come natural to many of us it's actually a skill that we're not so much taught in the academics of school we're not taught this unfortunately and it's something that does I strongly believe needs to be brought into the curriculum because as we're growing older our pathways are being strengthened into our brain and this is a pathway that's just being neglected almost we're not taught on how to form healthy relationships and people the mistake that people often make is if they have relationships with people loads of different people they're like oh I'm really I'm really good at this and it's like actually that there is a knack there is a skill just because you have loads of friends doesn't mean that you will be brilliant at being a CEO a businesswoman or can understand things from other people's perspectives does that That makes complete sense. And like I said, I couldn't agree more. And as a teacher, I'm like so focused on in my own classroom, just building emotional intelligence. My school has started to do that. It's kind of a shame though. It like took a pandemic to like, oh, maybe we should actually focus on students' emotions and, you know, trauma that they're going through, anxiety, depression, all of the things besides their academia because there's such a traumatic thing happening where I'm glad that we're starting to put it into it. And I think that the generation that's going to be growing up with this implemented in their, you know, everyday lessons, because as teachers, administration is really encouraging us to try and implement, it's called social emotional learning. So SEL, they want us to incorporate SEL in our everyday lessons, just doing like daily check-ins, how are we doing today? What's going on? that I think teachers did naturally, but now it's more structured and we're getting more resources onto how to help students with their emotions. Cause also a lot of educators themselves, like we're talking about emotional intelligence, a lot of Mm -hmm. educators are afraid to kind of talk about those subjects. They really just want to focus on, you know, the content, the curriculum, but in order to learn and be successful in your academia, the first step of the need is rapport, relationships, right? Building bonds and friendships and connections. Once you feel safe in an environment, that means you can learn. Even at work, when you feel safe in your work environment, you can then be successful in your workplace. So I like that we are starting to recognize, hey, maybe instead of going right to the textbook, maybe we should start talking about you know mental health and emotional stability emotional intelligence and all of those things and you were talking about and i love that you brought this up that a lot of the times with like the whole self-care movement everyone's like okay focus on your emotions right how can you regulate yourself but then everyone's like well if a person's being mean to you they're toxic and just cut them out of your life where you have Mm -hmm. to understand 
and it takes a couple of experiences but a lot of times people's behaviors have nothing to do with you it has to do with their going through something with mm. their emotional intelligence that they're projecting their issues onto you right and that's not a good thing and they need to improve on that and that's what we're going to be talking about but you also have to understand that person's not necessarily a terrible person or a toxic person right? You don't need to cut them out right away. And it's really important as you're learning emotional intelligence, you're showing compassion towards others as they're going through their emotional intelligence. And emotions are heavily entwined, especially with women, right? Our brain is like the most interesting thing <laughs> you can ever just like women, <laughs> our brains, I remember I actually, I don't know if he was a comedian or a public speaker or both, but I remember I was watching a video on YouTube and it was a guy, he was talking about the difference between men and women's brains, where mm -hmm. women's brains is literally all wires connected to each other. So that's why like you say something to a woman and she'll like connect it to something that you didn't even think of. Like everything is connected. And we remember things like a lot of our memories are based on emotions. Our communication mm -hmm. is based on emotions. The reason women talk, and I actually learned this in like my psychology class in college, psych of adolescence, how different men and women communicate. And women, we do talk more, that's an obvious thing, but we talk to form connections and form emotions, right? That's what we're all about. And we have everything just connected in the brain. Where with men, they think and communicate very differently. Men, mm -hmm. their brain is like a file folder, right? You ever see those cartoons where you go into someone's brain? And <laughs> yeah. that, that's a man's brain where they're like, okay, so we're talking about sports. That's the file that's open. Oh, we're talking about work. That's the file that's open. And that's what they talk about. And I, he also mentioned that men have like this thing called a nothing box. We ever see a man like sitting there and like zoning out and you're like, oh, like, what are you thinking about? And they say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> actually, they are really thinking about nothing. But women, we don't have a nothing box because everything's connected. So we're actually never not thinking about anything. Yeah, <laughs> like, thinking of everything and anything at the same time. <laughs> and how men communicate is through information. The reason men communicate is to share information with each other. So whenever you actually hear men talk to each other, you ever notice it's very like factual, statistic. There's not like a lot of like emotion going on. It's very just straight up facts. Where with women, we're talking about building bonds and connections, laughing and having a good time. And we just communicate very differently. And that's where a lot of like miscommunication in couples happens a lot, or even in like, you know, heterosexual friendships, miscommunication happens all the time because men and women simply connect with their emotions differently and then communicate their emotions very differently. So did you want to hop on that idea of men and women? Yeah, and emotions? I, I really loved what you said about that safe space. And as you said, we are so quick to say, especially in the 21st century now with, I want to protect my energy, eliminate toxicity. People don't actually know what toxicity is. And how can you expect that person in front of you who you're talking to, to not react from their internal emotions if you haven't created that safe space for them? And I think that's exactly what, for me, particularly emotional intelligence is also linked to. It's, yes, creating that safe space for yourself inside of your mind where you can deal with your emotions effectively and you can just be your, your authentic self in your own space. However, 
there is that knack of forming a safe space for other people. Because if you're not safe for them, that means that I wouldn't say you're being toxic, but you're you are allowing them to be toxic in your space. You're not giving them that time and energy to actually not be toxic. Every every single person has the ability to be toxic if we're not in the safe space. If we're not in a safe space, if we're not in the correct energy and we're not protected, we're going to get defensive. That's how our minds are scientifically wired to think. It, we're going to get defensive. However, if as a woman you can break into your feminine divine energy which again we will be speaking about a lot later it's you being able to be understanding if we obviously as humans feel very very safe when other people understand us we feel like they get us if we can tap into that and again it's a skill that you can learn if you can make them feel like you know what I understand where you're coming from I get that this is an internal thing and not taking it personally because sometimes that's how conflict happens. Yes. This person, person A is acting based on their eternal emotions and their internal battles. And then person B takes it really personally and then fights back. And it's this constant cycle. And if you can be that woman who goes, you know what, I'm not going to partake in this cycle and you take charge calmly and you put your power in it's the most powerful thing in the world for you to just say I'm no longer partaking in this cycle I'm going to break out of it I'm going to take control on how this goes the minute that you can change the way that you are acting you're not getting defensive and I think it's I always tell my clients to just take five seconds and what I mean by that is before you're about to reply simply five seconds is all it takes for you to just take that step back and think to yourself to reframe your mindset and say their actions are not because of me it's an internal thing and it's not about trying to uncover their inner child wounds and get to know them and be invasive of their space it's about creating a bubble it's about creating that safe space for them so again not being invasive it's about you saying I understand where you're coming from but you're also putting your boundaries in place because at the same time you can't allow that person just because it's coming from an internal thing which isn't either of your fault it's not their fault and it's certainly not your fault it's about saying okay fair enough I do understand that it's an internal thing but I'm not I'm not going to sit here and take this so if you if you want to change the way that you're approaching this I'll be more than happy to listen and I think that's when the toxicity comes in and um, let me know if you agree with this mm -hmm. in terms of you know if that person continues mm -hmm. and that's the key word it continues right. to not listen to you and not listen to your boundaries even though you've created that safe space for them there's nothing more that you can do that's when it they're stepping into the toxic line and that's when you can eliminate them from your lives because you've done as much as you can you can't give too much of your energy away you mm -hmm. you do also have to be protective of your energy but as women we, we're giving people you know it's about sharing that energy that love that light and if you can give them that little bit and they choose not to take it there's nothing you can do so you need to know when to walk away and that is the difference between emotional intelligence and emotional immaturity of going, I'm not going to give them the time of day, they're toxic, goodbye, 
you you're out of my life and or you say these these are my thoughts I'm gonna give you the choice but if you choose not to take it then I'm walking away and I think that's that's that difference do you agree oh I totally agree because I believe in giving people chances of you know like they some people just have bad days and sometimes they just they don't know how to cope with it and yes sometimes it might be taken out just projection and all of those things and I think it's very important always to not take things personal. That's like the number one thing of emotional intelligence when, when you're interacting with others is the, that's one of the biggest things I learned in therapy is don't take things personally. It's not about you. Like at the end of the day, mm. reactions of people, it's not about you. It's about them and what they're then are projecting onto you. So if someone had a, like, let's say they had a bad day at work, they come home and they're, you know, yelling, they're annoyed. They're like, don't talk to me. Like at a bad day, I don't want to talk to anybody or all the, any of those things. Instead of being like, okay, jerk, like whatever. I didn't do anything, you know, <laughs> yeah. that same energy back. You can be like, okay, did you, you know what? I understand. Did you have a bad day at work? I understand if you need some space, I'm going to be in this room. If you need me do my own thing, or I'm going to go to the gym. If you need anything, let me know. Like if I'm out, but I understand that you're frustrated from having a bad day at work. The minute, what I've noticed in conversations, the minute you validate someone's emotions, like I understand where you're coming from, all of a sudden, like they can still be angry in a bad mood, but the level of reaction is like down a couple of notches. Body mm -hmm. language with emotional intelligence is also so important. If someone is coming at you angry and you're, you're not creating a safe space, if your arms are crossed, you know what I mean? And you're not making mm -hmm. eye contact or your hands are on your hips or wh whatever that it is, people react also subconsciously to body language. So if they come mm -hmm. home from a bad day at work and you're like, all right, well, I understand where you're coming from. My arms are crossed for people who can't see me, but you know, oh, I understand where you're coming from, but, and then you kind of had that tone of voice, your arms are crossed, then you're not actually creating the safe space for them. What I've actually learned, and I've learned this from teaching because we have to deescalate conflicts a lot. <laughs> and teachers, our jobs is to create a safe space in our classroom for emotional intelligence, along with academia at the same time. And if a child is, you know, having an outburst in class, you do not match their energy, right? Mm -hmm. You say, okay, I understand. Do we need to take a step out in the hallway? Let's go step out in the hallway. And then when you have conversations with students who are in like a high emotional state, you always stand or even with anyone too, stand with your arms open. When you stand with your arms open, you're showing open communication and a safe space subconsciously that's like when someone's open like this and their arms are just out and their arms aren't crossed or anything like that you are showing people you're open to hearing what they have to say right yeah. and then most of the time you don't say what's wrong with you you say what happened to you right if you want to find out why they're angry or why they're sad or whatever that it is that they're projecting onto you you say what happened to you today right? What happens? Instead of being like, you know, what the heck's wrong with you? Why are you acting like this? Because then, you know, that person is then going to become defensive. So I think the tone of your voice creates an open space, the body language, the emotional intelligence of validating their feelings, and then also your body language of being open and understanding. And don't take it personal. If someone's in a bad mood and they need space, doesn't mean they hate you. 
be like, all right, if you need some space, I'll be in the other room if you need me. Like give them space for your friends, your family members, your significant other, coworker, give them the space. Don't take it personally. I know you might want to help them and be like, hey, no, like I'm here to help you when you need. And they don't want that help right now. <laughs> you got to yeah. be like, okay, that's showing emotional intelligence. Be like, okay, you don't want the help right now. I'll be, you know, in the room if you need me or whatever that it is. So I think that's really important to give the boundaries and validate, but then give the boundaries for, you know, whatever you need to do. Yeah, you know what? I think that really touches on, you know how women back in the day, we didn't have that voice. And now stepping into the 21st century, we actually have very powerful voices. Women are, we know we're CEOs, we're running businesses, we're, we're, going right to the top of the chain and people are listening to us so we have this voice and I think some of us don't really know what to do we're surrounded by so many powerful women but I feel like people don't understand exactly what it means to have a powerful voice yeah you know Mm -hmm. it's we've gone from one extreme of not having a voice to suddenly having this voice and go into that extreme of you must listen to me this is these are my opinions you are going to listen to it being pushy and I think that's where we really do need to have a look into our feminine energy and like balancing the feminine and the masculinity because it's not about being overbearing I feel like I really look up to them women and even to this day I I absolutely admire them and I'm constantly trying to learn from them about getting my points across firmly being assertive but then also being very graceful and calm and I feel graceful here is is the key word because I feel like there's something really powerful about a woman who can get her points across and not being too alpha female Mm -hmm. I do think that I personally am an alpha female however yes (laughs) you know I'm not I'm I'm proud of it I'm not going to allow people to make me feel like I'm I'm too masculine or too independent for being an alpha female Mm -hmm. I'm an alpha female and I am proud Mm -hmm. but at the same time I don't overstep that mark Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about with men. I'm talking about with other females, you know, because it's that masculine energy of being too reactive and just going straight in and making sure that I'm heard. I'm also making sure that other people around me are heard. And this has been received very well. Going back years ago, I was never that girl. I was, I was all I, I really lost myself. I didn't know how to form healthy relationships I had a voice and didn't know what to do with it but then I didn't know what my what my inner voice was so I felt like I was pushing pushing a voice that wasn't even mine it was societies and mm-hmm. you know people from school and my family of you know that voice that I hadn't created I just knew I had one I saw other females being very pushy with their voice and I thought that was the way to go as well mm-hmm. so I wasn't then forming the best of relationships because of it and I'm talking about friendships and co-worker relationships and I wasn't able to progress as much of my career until I then focused on emotional intelligence and you know what I never actually realized that the skills that I was teaching myself 
was emotional intelligence I didn't go into the journey of my self progression and my personal development journey saying oh you know what I'm, I'm going to teach myself emotional intelligence <laughs> it happens automatically and since that day I haven't looked back and that's because all of the buckets of my life improved and I've noticed that even the people that I work with those who have really focused on their emotional intelligence it's not just their relationships that have improved their careers have skyrocketed because in your career like you've got to form relationships whether it's client-based if it's especially if it's a people job I remember you saying to me um last week about you have them three the three types of jobs um you go on to that because I remember what you said and I thought it's wonderful um, careers you work with people money or numbers or objects so when you're in a career that's heavily servicing people right in general having emotional intelligence is so key because that's how you network that's how you make connections that's how you thrive in a people type of job if you don't like people do not work in a people job because mm. it, it takes so much emotional intelligence on your own end you're reacting to other people as well and i think it's also really important to kind of go back to what you're saying about you know women's masculine and feminine energy where there needs to be and this takes a lot of practice is a balance between your feminine soft energy creative energy you know nurturing energy towards the masculine energy which is assertiveness you know hard work speaking your mind all of those things and men have it too they have masculine and feminine energies and as a woman who heavily identifies (laughs) with her masculine (laughs) energy side i think that comes a lot from society and how you grow up and depending on your culture and your family so for example um and you know it varies between women based on how you grow up but i grew up in a traditional italian family where italians us in general are very loud (laughs) and you need to be loud to be heard because everyone else is loud so you need to like you know be loud and assertive to for people to you know notice you and understand you and i've i was also taught that if someone messes with you you need to let them know you need to be loud about it you need to like be like no you're, you're cut off you're a terrible person don't talk to me ever again so people know not to mess with you and then i learned through my own experiences especially through college and then my adulthood people don't react well to too much of one side because we're taught you need to be a strong independent woman so that way you're not too soft and submissive and people take advantage of you you're quiet right people step all over you you didn't want that but finding the balance of both because no one also wants a loud mouth who thinks she knows everything and belittles everyone at the same time because that's what tends Mm -hmm. to come out from that energy and like you said how women you know didn't have a voice for so long and now we have so much of a voice and we're very confused how are we going to use our voice and even in a relationship whenever something was wrong i was like you did this to me you're terrible i never want you to do this again and like letting the person know and then i realized people don't react well to you screaming at them you know what i mean and (laughs) you, you learn that like okay maybe i can be a strong independent woman but also be a caring nurturing soft graceful woman as well so that way i can let people know you know don't mess with me but also i'm here for you if you need me when you're very intimidating man or woman right and you're not approachable 
what genuine connections are you going to make with people? Because then you're making connections with people because they're like afraid of you and they don't want to be on your bad side. And like, that feels very powerful for like a little bit. And then you realize, okay, are people like, do people actually like me because they like me? Or is it because they feared me? And there was, I teach this lesson in my class. Um, it's Nico Machiavelli and he talks about leadership and it's like, would you rather be feared like people listen to you because they fear you or do you want people to listen to you because they love and respect you and I think Mm -hmm. that's the constant battle with our emotions of how to interact with others how people interact with us in the workplace school family friends relationships it's a power struggle that's what it is with our emotions who's more powerful within their emotions who's exerting more powerful emotions and instead of like going about it like that and being like hey, don't mess with my friends, but I'm also here for you as a friend and being more open with people and showing vulnerability in a softer side, people react and they see you as the safe space. We talked about it. If we want to create a safe space, how do we do that? Is you show vulnerability. You show that it's okay for you to tell me things and I am going to validate your feelings and ask if you want help or do you just want me to listen? What do you want from me? as your friend or family member, significant other, what do you need? And instead of someone having a bad day and you getting mad that they're, you know, projecting onto you and you're saying, well, you're a bad person. I don't want to talk to you for the rest of the day. And then you hold a grudge for a day. Like what is, who is that serving? So I think it's very important for women specifically to find a nice, happy, moderate (laughs) medium of be your strong, independent woman, but also be caring and nurturing and give people grace. Because when you find like that happy medium, you then attract people who are similar in that way. And then that's when you start creating those general or genuine connections that we all really like. Mm. And you know what? I think that really ties into uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. where if you feel like that you need to be in that woman who is pushing your views onto someone mm-hmm. you know how we said earlier it's about the reason that person reacting it's not to do with you it's to do with an internal thing that mm-hmm. also applies to you so you need to be able to teach yourself them uncomfortable conversations like how to have them and review okay I have just pushed my views onto someone I have just shouted at someone this clearly is an internal thing and it's about really looking inward and it might not necessarily be an inner child wound it could just be that growing up you know you felt like you you had to have your voice like you had to raise your voice to get your point across mm-hmm. like as you said like you know with you and you grew up in an Italian um, an Italian family and you felt like you know everyone was putting shouting to sort of get their views across and that was the same in you know my household that's literally the same in um, especially Asian households it's very much you know you need to get your point across you need to justify you need to fight for them and I feel like that's something that's taught remember everything is taught everything's social learning so somewhere along the line you have been taught to be that woman of you know shouting and getting that fear across mm-hmm. maybe because you had other people in your life who put fear into you so you like you're saying to yourself I want to be like that because that's the way to go mm-hmm. so the more that you can sit down 
and have them conversations with themselves which again are going to be really uncomfortable you might cry and allow yourself to and it's not about you feeling guilty and kicking yourself for reacting the way you do it's about saying the next time that I'm in a situation where I know that I might get loud I might try and induce fear into the conversation it's about knowing when to rein it back mm-hmm. and having that inner voice mm-hmm. I feel like people who have high amounts of emotional intelligence they have a really strong inner voice which is as the conversations going on with other people whether it's in a romantic relationship your friendship or your work it's a it's an inner voice that is telling you how to react the entire way Mm-hmm. So I like I really like to think of it as you know again like with the cartoons you've got like yeah. the devil and the angel on mm-hmm. the shoulders mm-hmm. it's like that your your devil is the reactive state yeah. and the angel is the respond and that, that's how I really like to think of it you your aim is to respond not react yeah people who are in high positions and people who can connect with people and I feel like another thing that I want to mention is the key between getting people to do things that you want in a respectful way and being manipulative. Because right. someone actually said to me the other day of, you know, does, does emotional intelligence include you manipulating that person? If you're responding and you're not reacting and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're understanding them is the key to just get them to do what you want. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, that's, that's, <laughs> no, that's no. Manip- <laughs> red flag, red flag, <laughs> abort mission. Mm-hmm. That is actually manipulation. It's not about, you know, your way or the highway because then that's you being toxic. Just because you have decided that you're going to be that woman who responds and doesn't react to conflict, it doesn't mean that that person at the end of the conversation has to 100% agree with you. Mm-hmm. You know, you that is in all of your relationships, it's that compromise. Mm-hmm. You don't want to compromise too much, but you also have to understand that person. You can't morph them into what you want them to be and mm-hmm. how to think. They are going to have their own brain pathways. They are going, they, they are acting based on their social learning and their childhood and how they grew up in the family that they grew up in with the relationships that they had. So you can't in one conversation expect to battle against all of that and get them to change their ways it's 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 unrealistic and I think expectations is another thing in emotional intelligence you can't have too high of an expectation of other people it's about accepting things you need to have high expectations of yourself yes you need to walk away from that conversation proud of yourself and say I reached my expectation Mm -hmm. so I another thing that I did want to ask you mm-hmm. is this is something that someone actually asked me and I want to see I want to see um, what you say <laughs> if you know when you're around them people who you know you you're emotionally intelligent you you know how to respond you know how to be assertive um in your communication style but again you're very you create that safe space for them mm-hmm. but for some reason that you have that person who pushes your buttons Mm-hmm. you know and even no matter how much you try and get yourself out of that fear-induced person and that pushy defensive person you have that one person who just brings it out mm-hmm. and I remember she said to me oh they just they just bring it out of me I can't help it 
what would you do in that situation? What would be the advice you would give someone to say, you know, this person just brings out the worst in me? Uh, that's a great question. And I love to, to build on to that question and to talk about what you said. I like that you said emotional intelligence has to do with acceptance. And I yeah. think like, that's, that's a true skill because like, we don't want to accept anything. <laughs> like we were like, no, we want to control everything. We don't want to accept. And when someone you know, really just pushes your button, brings out the worst in you. We all have that one person at work, that one person in our family, or maybe that one person like that's a part of the friend group, but like not, you know, the inner circle, but they come to things, you know, and you just sit there and they're like, existence annoys you that like that sort of thing, <laughs> been there. And what I've learned from that whole situation is the acceptance. Mm. Some people it's kind of like that whole people pleasing, like emotional intelligence. You think you'll crack the code with everybody, but you have to accept that some people, you know, it's kind of like, it is what it is that I accept there. They may be a thorn in my side and they might bring out the worst in me. And I'm going to accept that they are sometimes some people, they just, they are the way they are. Your job is to not let them push your buttons. And I know it's, it's easier said than done. Sometimes they say things and you're just like, Oh, like why? <laughs> and it's your job to realize what's best for you in the situation. That situation may be to get up and leave, right? Just be like, I don't want to be a part of this conversation. I need to leave. I'm going to go take a break. I'm going to go walk somewhere. If you can eventually, you know, casually get them out of your life slowly but surely like if it's a friend that's like that and you just you tried all of your best things sometimes that's you know when it's time to break off the friendship where they just always push your buttons no matter how many times you've tried to be there for them they still doing the same thing like you said then it's time to break off the friendship if it's a family member Right. And that's, I feel like that's one of the most difficult ones because friends, they come and go romantic relationships. They come and go, but family's always here. And if there's mm -hmm. a family member that constantly pushes your buttons, it's your job to limit your time with them. Right. doesn't mean you have to ignore them and cut them off from your life because they're family. And that could be a little bit difficult, but just be mindful of the time that you spend with them. Right. If it's a family event, you have to spend time with them maybe spend a little space from them if they're in a room be at the opposite end try not to interact with them because there's only so much you can do and you know they just you accept they are just the way they are you know especially if it's like an older family member I find it a lot of the times where like <laughs> they are in their mindset and it is what it is <laughs> you know that you can't sometimes you can't teach an old dog new tricks and that's the reality of it and I because you want to change people like when you're in like the, you know, life coaching sphere, growth mindset sphere, you want to help people and you want to show people the way of a better life, a better mindset. But mm -hmm. the, you have to also realize and accept that, you know, not everyone's going to be there for it. And sometimes they just may be stuck in your ways and it's up to you. Just be like, you know what? I accept this is just the person that they am and limit your time with them to the best of your abilities. Friendships, casually break off the friendship or even like straight up to I had to talk to a friend and been like listen our friendship is not serving me and I do not think we should continue this friendship and because I was like straight up honest with that person she accepted it and she's like okay like I understand we even work together too 
And we were still very cordial with one another. We were very, you know, professional with each other because of how I broke off the friendship. Family member, limit your time. If, they, if there's one family member that always pushes your buttons and always asks questions and always in like your business and things like that, limit your time with them as much as possible. And if they frustrate you after the family event, go do something that serves you. So if it's journaling, if it's listening to music, if it's working out, if it's doing a little self-care, do a little face mask or whatever it is to like kind of burn off your frustration with them, do it. And if you can, if you do feel comfortable with the family member being like, hey, like you're doing things that are really upsetting me, maybe having the conversation or setting a boundary with them works. You could try that first. But if you know, if I say anything, it's not gonna change anything. Cause I have some family members where I'm like, even if I say all the right things, nothing's going to change. I've just limited my time with them. And it's definitely helped a lot. And it's kind of like a nice way of like not disrespecting them because like, you're not like being mean to them. You're not calling them out on anything. You're just limiting your time. It's better for like the both of you. <laughs> so yeah. in that way, overall to put a bow on it, you just accept they are who they are. And then you yourself take action, whether it's limited time, having them not be a part of your life anymore, and then doing self-care routines to keep, to keep you in check with your own emotions. Yeah, I completely agree, especially with the whole listening to yourself. You've got to listen to your gut. And I feel like it's there for a reason. Our gut instincts are there for a reason. And I used to ignore them. And ever Don't since... Do that. <laughs> <laughs> this was way back when I was, um, when I was like between the 18, you know, yeah. just growing up, becoming an adult that sort of age I never used to listen to my gut instinct and when I hit my 20s that was when I told myself you know what I'm, I'm really going to listen to my gut instincts and it's been one of the best things mm -hmm. that has served me the most because when I'm around people in you know especially when you are a life coach you are meeting so many new people mm-hmm you're talking to a lot when, you know, in, um, like in my career as well, like in my career path, um, I was, I was meeting a lot of strong characters, a lot of strong yep. characters and, you know, friendships, family, everything. It was about if my gut is telling me, okay, this relationship is not serving me. I feel like they are pushing my buttons. That's a red flag. Yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't want to be around people who are pushing your buttons. If they are bringing out the worst in you, that says something. So why are you continuing to choose to be around that person? Mm -hmm. And I used to know that these people were bringing out the worst in me, but I'd still, I'd still hang around with them. I'd still be there. So that was on me. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, when I decided to go on the whole emotional intelligence path and personal development, I actually realized that number one, like listening to my emotions, how I was feeling, like I even get to a stage where I was recognizing my breathing. Mm -hmm. You know, your breathing is the number one thing that I look at and that you should be looking at. Mm -hmm. Because when I'm around certain people, my breathing will either be really calm if I'm around people who bring out the best in me which is what friends and family should do and your career like if you're around a comfortable safe space 
you're happy, your breathing's happy, they're bringing out the best in you, you can be 100% yourself. But whenever I noticed that my breathing was maybe a little bit shaky or I was breathing a little bit harder and I was paying attention to it more and I was feeling anxious, I knew that someone was feeding off my energy mm-hmm. and they were making me feel anxious for a reason. And again, I wouldn't be toxic myself by going, right, that's it. You're making me breathe weird. You're, yeah. you're gone. You're, you're out of my life. Yeah. I'd actually try and understand that. I'd understand, is it the person? Is it what they're saying? And if it was what they're saying, it would be simply just me putting that boundary in and saying, okay, so maybe it's an, a certain opinion that they have or something that they're saying directly to me. Maybe they're commenting on something on me and it's making me feel nervous and anxious. I'd put that boundary in. If they listened, everything was normal everything was fine I had essentially fixed the relationship I'd I'd fixed the situation that I was in and obviously if I'd set the boundary and they continued to do it I distanced myself I think that's really another key thing of emotional intelligence it's about understanding what it is that your your mind and your gut is telling you Mm-hmm. the minute that that's true self-awareness it's about knowing every single aspect to you it's about knowing okay I'm feeling a certain way and this is why I'm feeling it and this is how I'm going to deal with it and the whole setting boundaries thing everyone a lot of people that I know um, around me when they're trying to set boundaries they'll they'll see other people setting boundaries in their life and they'll try and sort of copy and paste them mm-hmm. and everyone's boundaries are tailored to their experiences and to what triggers them and everyone's got different triggers everyone's got different um things that help them help them to not feel the best that they are so again it's a tailor-made experience you can't be copying other people's boundaries so just because you're putting boundaries in place doesn't mean that they're the best for you mm-hmm. and that's that key between emotional intelligence and emotional immaturity you have to and you won't be able to do this if you don't actually sit down with yourself and it could be through journaling it could be with a therapist it could be with a life coach it could just be you in the mirror saying okay you know what this person I didn't like the way that they said this I didn't like the way that I reacted I didn't like the way that situation went and it's about questioning every single thing about it because what we'll see is patterns come up in our lives especially because we are attracting that energy we're attracting things so them cycles are going to keep popping up in different situations and in different people and if we don't learn to recognize them and we don't learn how to correct them the next time the same situation and the same person comes along whether it's a different person or the same person Mm -hmm will actually know what to do yeah so what what do you think on that oh I love the fact that you brought up like intuition like a gut feeling like it's called women intuition for a reason like we women we have it's like this innate beautiful gift that we have from the universe of women's intuition they don't call men's intuition they call women's intuition (laughs) because women themselves and this comes from the divine feminine energy we are so connected with nature it's like insane it's that's why like women are um more connected with you know spirituality and things like that because naturally like we women are the portals of life so that that's why we get women's intuition we bring life into this world we're connected to the essence the universe whatever you want to call it 
And I agree with you wholeheartedly, follow the intuition or the gut feeling. It's like your body never lies to you. Your body will never, ever lie to you. So you focusing on your breathing while you're like with people is such a great skill because that's your body telling you something's wrong or something's good. If you feel calm, if you're breathing slow, you're very relaxed, that means you're in a very good environment with good people. When you, have you ever walked into a room full of people and you all like this big, like boof, like your gut sinks, you feel like this weird energy, you feel very anxious when you walk into a certain room with certain people. There's a reason for that because humans, we are energy, right? We're vibrations, we're frequencies. So whatever we're feeling, we then point that out to the universe. So when someone walks into a room and a lot of people are very negative energies, they, you feel that when you walk into a room or a house or whatever that it is, whatever location you are, that's your body telling you something. This is also very important when you're starting new relationships with friendships or romantic relationships, listen to your body. Don't listen to your mind, right? Listen to how your body feels around those specific people. Your gut's going to tell you red flags before your mind even sees it. It's like, it's a crazy phenomenon that we can do, but follow your gut. Okay. People say like your stomach is like your second brain. Cause it really is. It tells you things are wrong. You need to do something about it. You need to leave whatever that it is. Follow your intuition. Like it took me a while to figure that out too. Cause I'm like, just no, it's, will be fine. And then down the road, I'm like, oh, I should have followed my intuition on a person, a situation, whatever um, that it is. And it's super important to do that. And I think it's very important with your emotional intelligence, right? Is to make sure, like I love what you said, just doing things that align with you. You attract the same patterns, like you said, right? If you don't fix the pattern, it's going to keep happening. And I take that as, and I always see it as the universe, we have lessons to learn here. That's the whole point of us being here is to learn specific lessons. And the patterns that keep showing up are the actual lessons you keep not learning. (laughs) So (laughs) if you keep not following your intuition, you're going to keep running into situations where you need to follow your intuition. The minute you do that, that pattern eventually then goes away, right? Mm. And if your lesson to be taught is to set boundaries for yourself, you're gonna keep meeting people that's gonna cause you to set boundaries until you actually do so. The lesson, the pattern, like you said, you're gonna keep attracting the same thing with your emotional intelligence if you don't confront or solve that problem. So when, you know, even with the teacher, you as a life coach, you know, we hear people complain about the same things over and over again. Well, because you haven't done anything to fix it. So the universe is going to keep shoving that same pattern lesson at you until you confront it, until you do it. Once I started listening to my gut feeling or my intuition and, you know, and followed that, I've experienced more opportunities or things that align with me, people that align with me because I followed my instincts. I followed my intuition. When I meet people, and let me know if you feel this too. When I meet people, the feeling I get right away, like I'm very good at reading like the room or reading the vibes, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) People and I'm like, oh, no, 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 nope. 
no, I don't like this. Goodbye. <laughs> I'll have a cordial conversation with them. And then I will make sure I never hang out with that person ever again. If I meet someone and we automatically click, we're good vibes. We're talking like we met over zoom and we were like, oh, this is great. We're vibing. I know. <laughs> we immediately, both immediately felt the good vibes, right? The good frequencies, the good energy. Your body knows when you meet people or like when a situation happens or like a conversation happens and like you feel like unresolved after it is because you didn't fix it. When you like, you thought you fixed the situation and you still feel kind of like cruddy after it. And you're like, oh, that, that means the situation is not fixed like you thought it was. Mm-hmm. So setting boundaries, right? Effective communication, right? Responding rather than reacting to situations is going to help you grow with your emotional intelligence. And when you grow with your emotional intelligence, you start attracting things that align with what you actually wanna do. You start bringing in people that are going to accept your boundaries and respect them. You're gonna meet people that respond to conversations rather than react. You're gonna meet people that elevate you rather than keep you down. It's all about what you bring in and how you talk to yourself, how you follow your gut feeling, it's completely changed the game. So I kind of want to talk about that when we talk about mind versus like emotional intelligence, this IQ versus your emotional intelligence. I know we started talking about that when we talked last week. So do you want to talk to people about that? IQ versus Yeah, but you know, really quickly, you made me think of something when you were, what you were just saying. It was this, um, And I I hope our audience can um, resonate with this. Mm -hmm. There was a viral TikTok trend on snakes. And the person, yeah, you know what I'm on about? The the person would then tell them, oh, okay, the person that you're talking to is a snake. You can be that person. I'm that person. I will tell you. I'm like, no, we don't like that person. No. Yeah, that's the thing. But you can actually be it for yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't need someone to say, okay, that person over there is a snake. You should be able to tell yourself that. Mm -hmm. And there was this actual, um, it was a study done um, where he was, there was this man who was blind. He can't see anything, completely blind. However, his unconscious or subconscious mind could pick up on body language and human emotion. Mm -hmm. So even though he can't see anything, somehow his brain is picking up on this. And they did this study where they sat him in front of different different cards with different human emotions on there. He couldn't do it with animals. It was only humans. And he could actually pick up on the basics of whether the person was happy, sad, what the energy that was coming off them, the body language, um, whether they're about to tell them off or not, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's people who are blind can do that. That's literally how powerful um, our mind is. Mm-hmm. So subconsciously, even though we are looking at this person and we are having a conversation with them, our brain somewhere in the background is picking up on all of their body language and all of their emotions. And why are we, why are we ignoring this? And I used to ignore it all the time. So I know that it's really easy to, but I also taught myself that you can do it today. There was one day that I clicked and it was a day after my 22nd birthday, which is why I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. The day after my 22nd birthday, I said, today is the day. So for those of you listening, today could be your day. 
Mm-hmm. It could literally be that the next time that you are in a situation, you are telling yourself that I'm not going to ignore my gut instinct. I'm not going to ignore my inner voice. And the inner voice is something that you have to train. This is something that I feel like I really had to train up as well. Like, for example, as you said, me and you met over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And throughout the whole conversation, I did have this inner voice saying to me, like, yes, this first impression is good. I, I connect with her, absolutely love it. I can't wait to just create more content with her. And um, we've got that surprise at the end for all of you. <laughs> so that was the thing. It's about that inner voice inside of my head saying something feels right. And even though you're talking to me, I'm also listening to my inner voice. Mm-hmm. And if you want to train this, there are actual ways that you can train this just by strengthening it every single day whether it's in the mirror the next time that you're having a conversation with your parents with your with your siblings with your um, boss at work with your best friend you can actually sit there and say what is the energy that I'm feeling right now Mm -hmm. what is going on around me being aware of your surroundings and just tapping into that that emotional intelligence because when you do that you're actually stepping into your higher power of being I 100% know what I'm feeling inside and I 100% know the energy and I'm respecting myself you said something earlier about self-respect and that's really key in terms of if you're going to set a boundary respect them Mm -hmm. if you are going into a situation knowing full well that this doesn't feel right and you're sitting there having this positive outlook, just not, you know, yes, be positive. But if you're if you're choosing to ignore yourself, you're not respecting yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be that advocate for self-respect, you have to put your boundaries in place and respect them. You need to listen to your gut instinct. And that is actually what self-respect is. Mm-hmm. Because someone actually asked me um, close to me and said, you know, what what is self-respect to you? And that is what self-respect is to me. Listening to myself, but also listening to myself fully, where I put myself first, not in a selfish way, but I'm if something's wrong, I'm gonna walk away. Yeah. So that's definitely what self-respect is for me. And yes, going back onto the IQ versus EQ, I was actually doing some research on this and they say, you know, like you can have them test, like the IQ tests and the EQ tests. So IQ is sort of like measuring your ability to like solve problems, like your logic and how you can communicate complex ideas. Mm-hmm. And remember, I remember you saying, you know, women can do that sort of interconnecting. We'll be thinking one thing or connect it to another mm-hmm. emotion. We'll be connecting it to lots of different things. Um, emotional intelligence however is being able to recognize emotions in yourself and using that to have awareness and to guide your decisions Mm -hmm. this is really key for me sometimes we make as humans it's going to happen we make temporary decisions or sorry permanent decisions Mm -hmm. based on temporary emotions and yes (laughs) preach yes it's about the fact that you need to recognize that this emotion that you're feeling will pass 
And there's a saying that I really love saying to myself and my inner voice will say this to me whenever I'm I'm feeling like I'm having a bad day or I'm feeling unmotivated or I'm feeling down. I will say to myself, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And it's about then I rein it in and say, you know what, this is just an emotion. I'm not going to make my decisions based on the emotion that I'm feeling if I've got to get work done if I've got a meeting to run like for example before before this podcast I I I felt like I was having I was feeling a bit unmotivated I felt like I was having you know a bit of a bad day I could have just said oh you know what I'm not going to do it I would have missed out on that opportunity Mm -hmm. and now I'm here my emotions have completely shifted (laughs) I know I've got on the phone to you you've given me this like great energy and that's a thing my that emotion passed and I didn't miss out on that brilliant opportunity for myself where I got to connect with all of you wonderful people and the fact is I no longer allow my emotions to dictate how my day goes or dictate the things I do Mm -hmm. and that's really key in emotional intelligence what's your thoughts on that Ooh, I I love I'm just gonna build off what you just said is like you're not gonna let a bad emotion like ruin your day and I saw like a probably it was probably a TikTok at this point because everything I learned is on TikTok these days (laughs) is someone said did you have a bad day or did you have a bad moment and I was like Mm. oh I love that because you know how you're like you can have a good day and then the minute something goes wrong like the rest of the day is just like ruined but why why do that you know what I mean Mm. and everyone says that like oh having like a strong morning routine really sets up the stage for you know the day and things like that And then when something bad happens, they're like, oh, but I did my morning routine. And then they're like, but the day is ruined now. Like, it's not even about your routines and habits. It's about your emotional intelligence. When you have a bad moment in the day, you could have done everything right. You could have been on work on time, could have done your routines. You could have had a good day at work. And then maybe you're like stuck in traffic or something happens, right? And then your whole day is ruined. That has nothing to do with routines and things like that. That has to do with your emotional intelligence. How can you work through how effectively and quickly you can work through an emotion. That's like the key here where like letting things roll off your shoulder sometimes isn't necessarily a bad thing or picking your battles. is like a huge thing that I've learned. Your energy and your time is sacred. Do you really want to waste your energy on some petty little argument or you do, do you just want to be like, all right, you know what? It's whatever. Let's move on. Pick your mm. battles. That has to do with you know, your day, your relationships, whatever that it is. It's so important for you to understand that sometimes during the day, something can be really annoying or bad that happens. It doesn't mean you're having a bad day now. It means, okay, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> but then, okay, how mm. can I now feel you're like, okay, I could be bad about that's frustrating. Maybe you need to like go for a walk or something and like get it all out of your system. Maybe you need to go vent really quick and then get it out of your system, but get it out of your system. That's the, like, that's the key to going from a bad day to just a bad moment. How quickly can you acknowledge your emotion, process it, and then move on? I was taught that holding on to emotions and like grudges made you like a strong person. Like how dare someone mess with you? Let's not do that. But I'm learning that like, why are you wasting your energy on holding on to a negative emotion? Is that doing anything for you? Is that solving anything? I'm these days, I'm all about productivity and emotional intelligence helps you create productivity. If you have a bad argument with someone, a friend, you know, a significant other, 
at the beginning of the day. And now you're like, oh, well, I had a bad conversation. One, when you get home or when you have free time, why don't you, you can be angry about it, but then call them or when you get home, talk to them and have a productive conversation on what happened this morning. What a lot of people do is they come home from work. They're still mad. They ignore that person or like it was a family member that you live with too. And you got into a fight before you left the house, you come home, you don't want to talk to each other. And then you're both festering this negative energy for no reason. So I think when you have high emotional intelligence, you understand that you're going to feel emotions, but emotions are visitors, which is a huge proponent to talk about. Emotions are not meant to stay here. Your emotions, it's, it's part of the human experience, right? It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be every emotion under the sun. What you do with that emotion then transfers to emotional intelligence or emotional immaturity. That's where you can decide. And you learn that through your connections with people and how you interact with arguments, with disagreements, with bad days and so on. Maybe you're at work and you know a coworker is annoying you, right? What are you, okay, what are you gonna do about it then? You have to really take into consideration that you are in charge of your day, your life as a whole. But if you really wanna break it down, you're in charge of your day and how your day is going to go. So if you wanna choose that you're mad about something at work and you wanna to choose to bring that home and then project that onto your family, that's a choice. Or you can choose, you know what? I had a bad day at work. I'm gonna leave that energy though at the workplace and I'm going to, you know, on your drive home. Yeah, you're gonna like decompress. Like, let's say you're driving home from work, maybe listen to a podcast. If you're on the train, read a really good book, right? Decompress and then you come home and have fun with your family and friends. You have the choice on how much control your emotions are gonna have over you because your emotions should not control you. I love that you said, don't make a temporary decision on an emotion or a per, we say we did the same thing. Don't yeah, make a per- <laughs> on a temporary, <laughs> woo, on a temporary emotion. That is yeah. so important because so many of us do that, especially like in our 20s, because we're finding ourselves or figuring out what we want to do with our adulthood life. And we make a lot of permanent decisions on temporary feelings with our jobs, significant others, how we take care of ourselves, what we want to do with our lives. No, I've realized that so many people think short term. So many people mm. think short term. You need to make sure you think long term long term for example i know us in our 20s we're all trying to find the one our soulmate right our significant (laughs) that's that's the age range when that happens the fairy tale (laughs) and all of a sudden you have like that honeymoon phase where you love each other and you're each other are perfect and wonderful and then as you go through the relationship, then you start to get comfortable. You start, you know, you might start to like argue like a little bit because like that's just how like relationships like go into like different phases and stuff like that. And you, then you start to debate that comes like to the decision time of a relationship. Do you want to keep going with a relationship or do you want to, you know, find a new one and break up? And a lot of people, especially like our millennial culture is, oh, the minute our relationship's not perfect, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Okay. Did you communicate with that person that you're unhappy? Did you talk to them about it? Did you express your needs? Or is this just an emotion that you guys just had an argument and you're both just like annoyed with each other and that's what you're basing your decision on? Same thing with friendships, family members, same thing with work. 
you're not having a good day at work do you want to quit like work is work i think people like we're, we're taught like oh your work you should be fulfilled every day if it's your dream job no <laughs> the reality yeah. is you're gonna have really great days at work and feel amazing but there are gonna be days at work where you're like questioning your sanity and why you're there doesn't mean you have to change your whole career path and quit your job and all <laughs> those things that we like to do with the millennial generation and like i need to be fulfilled 24 7. i'm here to tell you that life most of the time is pretty boring but like not in a bad sense it's just like we've romanticized what life is supposed to be and we're setting up unrealistic expectations of the everyday where mm -hmm. it's important to be grateful and love your everyday life but the fact to romanticize your career romanticize your partner that just leads to the unfair expectations and that's why you feel unfulfilled and that emotion of feeling like unfulfilled or sad or empty are you going to really want to make your decisions on your life partner, your career, or your path in life in general? Do you really want to make the decision on that emotion? Or do you want to make the decision when you feel, you know, good and confident and like you understand everything and you see both sides of, you know, the choices that you need to make. And in your 20s, I'm telling you right now from experience, look at the long term not the short term if your significant other is showing red flags but they're you know they're great looking and they make me feel special and all those <laughs> things okay but are you ignoring red flags with your career okay you want to be a ceo of the company one day but you know what you're gonna have to do the entry-level job first you're gonna have to mm -hmm. climb that ladder if you want to start your own business all right, you're not going to be this huge thing right away. You have to grow your audience, build your brand, invest. Everything takes effort, right? So you need to make sure with your emotions that you understand the effort that things are going to take. So if you're feeling, you know, exhausted, relentless, hopeless, pause for a second and understand maybe why you're feeling like that and understand your feelings and acknowledge them and then start thinking, okay, like what decisions can I make out of this? Because making really important decisions based on a very temporary state of mind, because that's all emotions are, they're all just temporary states of mind, even happiness, excitement, fulfillment, that's a very temporary state of mind. And you need to just make sure when you're making decisions, you see, you make the decision based on when you felt really happy and when you felt not so happy. And then you make the decision on what you want to do. Do the pros outweigh the cons? When you make decisions with your emotions, does the pros of the job outweigh the cons of the job? Does the pros of the relationship outweigh the cons of the relationship? And that's the decision that you need to make. And that I think too, is like huge with emotional intelligence of making yeah. important decisions after you've gone through all of the emotions. Would you agree? I do. And I think, you know, I remember when you just mentioned now about, you know, if the, that honeymoon phase, mm -hmm. something's not gone, like something's like not gone right. It's not going 100% perfect anymore. So you make them impulsive decisions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if when you make that, I feel like a lot of people, say oh to the people closest to them you didn't stop me never you never you know mm -hmm. made me to rethink it comes right back to that inner voice yep. you have to be that person you are not going to be able to have 
someone being that advice mentor or whatever it is that you need at the time you're not always going to have someone there to validate your emotions you're not always going to be there someone to understand your reasons you're not always going to have someone right there who's going to be able to make sure that you're making the right decision and you need to train yourself on becoming that person so becoming your own coach becoming your own mentor Mm -hmm. and teaching yourself emotional intelligence because that is what emotional intelligence is it's about saying and reining in accepting as you said bad day bad day not a bad life Mm -hmm. it's that moment that was bad but I choose and as you said everything's a choice Mm -hmm. I choose to go home now and not allow the work stresses to come in and affect my relationships Mm -hmm. and I really love the honeymoon bit there's honeymoon phases in everything whether it's that new job you know oh it's a pretty new office I get all of these wonderful people and I'm loving it yeah you've got that honeymoon phase you're not going to feel like that every single day the honeymoon phase in your relationships and your friendships in your everyday life when you form a relationship with yourself as well you're going to get that honeymoon relationship too Mm -hmm. but when I first started forming a relationship with myself where I had a conversation with myself, took myself out on dates, solo trips, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's like regular dating, but with yourself, understanding yourself, validating my emotions. There's going to be that honeymoon phase in that too, where not every single day I'm going to be able to be there for myself the best way that I can be. Mm-hmm. But it's about being gentle. It's about me saying, okay, you know what? You're a little bit harsh on yourself today, but that's fine. It's about saying to myself, okay, you didn't do the best that you could. You reacted in a way that you weren't meant to. And I didn't, you know, you didn't listen to me. You didn't listen to your gut instincts, but that's okay. It's about being gentle. Mm -hmm. And when you are gentle with yourself and you form that perfect relationship, and people say, you know, there's no such thing as perfect, but actually the perfect is in the imperfect. Mm -hmm. It's you have the perfect relationship with yourself when you are able to just accept stuff and even though there's going to be flaws and like every single relationship when you can form that perfect relationship with yourself you will actually be able to form really good relationships with other people improving all of the buckets in your life Mm -hmm. and I remember something that you said to me the other day about you know women as we're growing up especially in the millennial generation and even older generations it was to suppress your emotions mm-hmm. we are taught you know keep it internal men are known and again there's actual scientific evidence to back this up with the fact that men and boys are known to be more reactive with their emotions however we are known to be the ones who hide our emotions we deal with things internally and there really is that sort of fine line between dealing with your emotions and hiding your emotions Mm -hmm. you can keep them internal and deal with them allow your inner voice to deal with them allow that inner voice to come in and literally I like to visualize it I know this helps for some of my clients as well visualizing that inner child that higher person within me that inner voice coming in and dealing with my emotions for it to pass so I can go on and do my things I know that doesn't work for some people it might work for you try it out and if it does like we would absolutely love to know if that does help you Mm -hmm. and that's 
another thing. It's about dealing with them so you don't blow up because it will happen. You're going to, you're just human. Allow yourself to be human. If you hold in your emotions, it will blow up. You will get called dramatic. And that's not something that we're aiming for. We don't ever want to be called dramatic because that's just going to trigger us, you know? So it's about avoiding, it's about avoiding that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I have to say on the matter. <laughs> you know, I love that. And so we keep talking about how we need to build our emotional intelligence to have successful relationships with others, to have a sexual relationship with ourselves, to have a successful relationship, you know, in our career. So what types of resources, you know, podcasts, books, et cetera, that can help people or that helped you to grow your emotional intelligence? Two main people really helped me, and that was Simon Sinek, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, um, Shady Zarai. We'll link them in. Um, but these two spoke about emotional intelligence indirectly. It was very much based on business. And I was at that stage where, you know, I wanted to form a life coaching business and all of this kind of stuff. And I was taking things really seriously, still am, obviously, in my career. So they did link it a lot with companies and employers and how they can teach their employees emotional intelligence. So I viewed myself, obviously, as an employee at the time. I, my business hadn't like taken off. I, I hadn't formed a coaching program. So again, I just was looking at these people teaching me as if I was an employee. As I was going through that, I was actually able to link it to my personal life. So if you do go ahead, watch Simon Sinek and Shady Zarai again. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. So, but link that in to not only your career, try and get that advice that they are giving you and apply it to your everyday life. They don't necessarily teach you how to apply it to everyday life, but everything's there. All you have to do is just apply it to something different. Um, Also, Goldman. He has a website, Daniel Goldman. He is... I, I genuinely think like the king of emotional intelligence. Um, I, I do suggest his book. His his book it literally does talk about why emotional intelligence is more favoured than IQ. And I completely agree with that. So they are my go-to resources. Also my self-mastery programme. You should come along to that. That's a good resource. <laughs> Cheeky little plug there. Mm-hmm. What about you? That, Any resources? I'll put all that information in the show notes for everybody to all link that all up so people have easy access to those resources. Perfect. What about you? Any resources? Ooh, I mean, I, there's so many books, Mia, so many books. Um, I loved the one, the book that was um, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And we were talking about that book. Yeah. I mean, his book, like, it wasn't just emotional intelligence, but just like overall, just like mindful intelligence. And it's just such a great book to put in perspective what life actually is, what it means, and like your impact in this world. And that your mindfulness then impacts your emotional intelligence. Once you realize like the bigger picture of it all, you then tend to know how to pick your battles. Like don't sweat the small stuff, right? And your purpose, he puts up big things. I think a lot of our emotions are surrounding like our purpose in life. And to realize that everyone thinks like your purpose is what you came here to do, but you... No, your purpose is actually a service that you provide to 
others, to help others. And once you realize you're just here in some form to help others in some way, your emotions then react and like adapt to that type of knowledge and a different way of seeing things where I've learned from going through all my books and just as my career as being a teacher, I realized that my service is to, it's called like the guide, is to share knowledge with others. Like I've learned something and then I wanna share it with others and help others then reach their potential. So how that helped me with my emotions is understanding that everyone's like going through something, just like you're going through something and you wanna share it with people. Everyone's going through like the same, we're trugging through the same mud together in different forms. And the way people act is not personal. It has something to do with them internally and you can try and help them. But sometimes, you know, people that acceptance of it is what it is. So Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty is one of the best um, books I've ever read that has to do with self-development and things like that. Um, another, um, a podcast that I listen to is Earn Your Happy by Lori Harder. And she's, she's an entrepreneur and it does focus a lot around business as well. But she also, a lot of her stories are talking about how you have control of how you perceive others, how you perceive yourself. And her podcast is called Earn Your Happy. So it's your job to choose your emotions of, if do you wanna be happy? Do you wanna be sad? Do you wanna be angry? What do you want to do? And from her different podcast episodes with her, all of her wonderful guests from you know all over the place with different subjects, I've learned that you have to do the inner work first to then do the outer work of sharing, right? So doing the inner work that you have of understanding emotional intelligence and going through it yourself, and now you sharing that knowledge then can help others do their internal work and then share with others. Because at the end of the day, it's all about collaboration and helping others and do what they need to do. So once you understand that your emotions then follow. So the Jay Shetty book and Earn Your Happy podcast have really helped me understand I need to practice what I preach. So if I'm gonna preach about emotional intelligence and growth mindset, I better be doing it for myself. <laughs> so it's a practice, yes. practice what you preach. So, and again, I know we can, we can talk all day. We can talk for hours. Like we, we have talked for hours. We literally have. <laughs> occasions. Um, just the last point of this podcast is the importance of emotional intelligence in your career. I know you touched on it a little bit, but do you want to add some more information about that? Yeah. So the importance of emotional intelligence in your career is the fact that you'll be able to form genuine connections. And again, it's that you don't want fear. You don't want your staff. So say if you're a manager or you're working up to be a manager or a leader, your leaderships are going, your leadership skills are going to improve. So whether you're an employee or an employer, manager or person underneath, it's about the fact that you are going to be forming connections of people where they want to go above and beyond for you because they understand you they understand your values they understand your beliefs you are not going to be allowing your emotions to come into your workplace like we said that we're not going to allow the work pressures come into our home life it's also the other way around. Yep. You're not going to allow, say, if you've had an argument with your spouse before you've come to work or something like that, you're not then going to bring it onto your staff. Mm -hmm. And people higher up, if you're trying to progress, will recognize this because it comes across so evidently. It's 
obvious. When someone is emotionally intelligent, these people, like especially in corporate companies, know this, especially in businesses, people who have formed the businesses, whether it's a CEO or these managers, they have actually been tested on their emotional intelligence. They know because a lot of nowadays the testing to get into companies is indirectly testing your emotional intelligence and weird and wonderful questions that you get that's what they're testing Mm -hmm. so they know how to deal with that if you have people underneath you who fear you they don't feel respected they're not going to want to do work for you if they feel like they can't come to you because you haven't provided that safe space like we said earlier about creating that safe space for loved ones and people around you in your everyday life. It's also about creating a safe space for people that you don't know. It might just be someone that you've just met. Mm -hmm. It might be someone who you're interviewing or maybe it's with your interviewer. Mm -hmm. It's about creating that safe space. And if you're self-aware as well, if you are aware of your emotions, you're going to be aware of their emotions. If you have a good relationship with yourself, you're going to have a good relationship with your clients If you have a client-based job or with your employees, you're going to be teaching them ways to have better relationships with their people, better customer service if you're a business owner. Mm -hmm. Also, you have this knack when you're emotionally intelligent to be motivated because you are not allowing your emotions to dictate your actions. If you're motivated, you can motivate people around you and people love to be around that energy yep. like I do myself if I'm a, like which is why I absolutely love being with you <laughs> like you're literally on the other side of the world and yeah. I am saying to myself like okay she motivates me you make me feel like I've got this positive energy you make me just want to work mm-hmm. people feed off energy mm-hmm. that's what we're about as humans and that's a thing if you are that person that people look forward to working with it's going to serve you well and you'll progress a lot higher and also criticism (laughs) every single (laughs) workplace is going to involve some sort of criticism whether you're a manager and have to critique other people it's about you know not saying you're awful you're this you can't sell or whatever it is the job that you're doing you can't teach whatever it is it's about making sure that that person you're you're putting that safe space in you're you're giving them critique to learn yeah you're making them feel like okay this person is telling me this because they want to help me and also taking criticism well so like if you're on the receiving end as well if you are emotionally intelligent you're not going to take it to heart because you're you're accepting you're not taking it personal you're saying they've got to say this to me because my work performance maybe isn't that good at the moment what can I do to improve you're constantly self-motivating yourself you're constantly wanting to be better having that positive attitude Mm -hmm. um and also conflict as well I feel like this is a big thing work places are always going to have conflict whether it's between like employees or managers with their employees it's always it's, it's inevitable it's going to be there if you can resolve conflict that shows high levels of leadership and again people will notice this you will progress so I feel like they are the the biggest points as to why it's so intelligent like why it's so important to have emotional intelligence in your career Mm -hmm. is there anything that you would like to add I agree especially with the criticism part because 
you can be emotionally intelligent when everything's like hunky dory, like work's going well, colleagues. Love are- it. <laughs> everything's just fun. You're tested on your emotional intelligence the minute work doesn't become fun and you receive feedback from your boss. Um, and I love how you said, like, don't take your feedback personally. And that's like really hard to do because it's literally your feedback on your work. So it's like, oh, okay, how do I not take it personally? <laughs> and you have to, like you said, you have to realize when you see constructive criticism or feedback from your boss at work, at the end of the day, and I learned this because I've been in supervisor positions as well, they always have to say what you need to work on to show growth. And like that mentality has helped me a lot with receiving feedback from work where they're not, they can't tell you that you're perfect. You can be doing a really good job, but from an administrative or supervisor point of view, CEO, boss, manager, they have to show their efforts as a leader by showing growth in an employee or client or whatever that it is. So when you receive feedback and they tell you what you did well, and then what you need to improve on, it doesn't mean you're a terrible, you know, employee or terrible teacher, you're, you know, terrible, whatever that it is. It simply means that you are a human being and you do things really well. And then there's still things you can improve on because they're trying to help you reach your potential. And at the end of the day, it's work. That's how I always see it too. I come in, I do what I got to do and I leave. Okay. And I think what happens is people really align their identities with their job because we're there most of our lives, you know, is at work. And like, you yeah. know, I always like identify when people are like, oh, like, who are you? Like, I say, I'm a teacher because that's a part of my identity. And you have to realize that you are so much more than your job. And you can have a wonderful job, be at your dream career, but you are then also more than your career. And you have so much more to offer than your career. So if you get feedback from your boss and they say, you know, like you're really good at communication skills, you get along with everyone, um, but your organization needs a little work. Doesn't mean you're a terrible person, right? You're like, (laughs) okay, I just need to be more organized. Then maybe instead of being like, wow, my boss hates me, maybe be like, okay, they told me I need to be more organized. Who do I know that's really organized? Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member or a friend and go to them be like, hey, at work, they told me I need to be more organized. How do I do that? You want to help me? And they'll usually Mm -hmm. help you. Or if you are surrounded by disorganization, perhaps we have the internet, literally just go, go to YouTube. How do I become more organized? It's, it's not a simple, like it's as simple as that, but the switch of the mindset is as simple as that, where you have to understand again, nothing's personal. Your boss, they said what they had to say. That's how they feel great. Now you have a chance to like, be like, huh, I improved, ha, proved you wrong. If like, that's the kind of vibe you want to get, but also maybe you do need to be more organized. And it's kind of a good thing. Your boss pointed it out. Right. So take everything with like a grain of salt with criticism at work. You're always going to have haters. If it's not your boss and your coworkers are, you know, spreading some gossip or whatever, haters going to hate at the end of the day, like with me, with work and stuff like that, with criticism at work, it's work. I'm here. I'm getting a paycheck. I'm still here. I still have a job. I'm not getting fired. All right. <laughs> like, you know, like you're going to have good days and bad days at work and you're going to have good feedback and bad feedback at work. Doesn't mean you're a bad person and you just need to understand there's, you're okay. <laughs> at the end of the yeah. day, you're okay. And that's emotional intelligence, realizing 
that like your emotions are going to happen, but at the end of the day, like you're okay. I, that's that's what also I, growth mindset as well. Yeah, that's I tell myself. I'm, you know what? I'm okay. Just say it all out. I'm okay. Everything's I'm okay. <laughs> Just talk yourself down. If you're angry, you're anxious about something that just happened or you're sad about something, just be like, I'm okay though. I'm all right. I'm going to deal with this, but I'm okay. And then you just, okay. And your body is like, all right, I'm okay for now. Okay. Yeah. See, I think that's why when you mentioned the Jay Shetty book of the mindfulness, that ties in perfectly with this. Emotional intelligence, you need that foundation of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. It's about being able to breathe, tell yourself you're okay, Mm -hmm. setting that really good foundation of breath work, meditation, like even if it's five minutes to just be able to take a step back and say, you know what, I'm fine. Everything's going to be okay. You can be that person. So mindfulness is definitely the foundation needed for a good structure of emotional intelligence. I could not agree more. And like I said, we can talk all day, but we are coming to a close. But we know, (laughs) but don't worry, there's more. So, uh, (laughs) me and I were actually talking because we connected to talk about you coming on the podcast and having a wonderful discussion. And I hope it was very useful. I personally think (laughs) that it was, (laughs) I loved it and I enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah, it was a very productive and fulfilling conversation. That's why I always love having people like come on the podcast. We just always have such good conversations that are going to help others. But this is not the end of this collaboration. So Mia, do you want to tell the people more about it? Yes. So me and Ali are actually going to be releasing a series so that's right there's a lot more where this came from it's going to be called making your mark through emotional intelligence so we will be delving in really deep into all of the topics that we have briefly touched on today I know you seem to think it was a lot (laughs) to all of you listening but no there's so much that we can learn about emotional intelligence so it's not just Um, however long this conversation was that's not all there is to it so that's what we're going to be breaking down and I mean in detail breaking down exactly how to make your mark as a woman in 2021 through emotional intelligence I know and I am so excited to keep collaborating with Mia we have a lot of wonderful and useful facts and tools and strategies to share with you guys for the everyday woman that wants to build up her emotional intelligence. Because once you, we have like the secret, like once you know (laughs) the secret and the strategies and the tools, you just see life in such a different perspective. And then you handle your life in such a different way. So Mia, thank you so, so much for coming on today. It was amazing. And do you just want to remind people real quick where they can find you on social media to connect with you? Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. It's miagill.x or you can find my program, which is called the Self Mastery Program. And that's the handle as well at the Self Mastery Program. And I look forward to hopefully hearing from you all soon. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Mia. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as me and I enjoyed creating it. We had such a blast and I really hope this information is going to be helpful for you guys in some way. And isn't that such an exciting announcement that me and I are going to be collaborating. We're going to be creating an e-course and you know what? It is going to be about emotional intelligence called Making Your Mark. It's going to be for the everyday 20-something-year-old women that just want to invest in their self and make their lives better. Better 
to invest in themselves in order to grow in their careers, their relationships, their mindsets. It's going to be a phenomenal e-course with an amazing package full of videos, one-on-one coaching, downloadables that you can print out and share and use for your own self and to implement into your daily routines. We are so excited and we are in the midst of planning and creating this content for this amazing program. It's going to be a six-part series. So make sure you follow Mia, keep in contact with our Instagrams to see all the information about the launch, giveaways, and all those wonderful things about the Making Your Mark series. And it is going to be life changing and so useful for the everyday 20-something year old woman that's just trying to better yourself. And if you guys enjoyed this podcast episode, make sure to follow Mia. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow me on Spotify. You can leave a review on Podchaser. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. And one last thing for my amazing Growth Mindset gang. If you are super interested in joining the Make Your Mark six-part series e-course that me and I are going to be creating. There is a pre-sign up link that is going to be in the show notes and you can put your email address in and that way you can get the amazing updates for when the course is coming out, any giveaway options, discount prices, and all those amazing things.